This is The Plural of You, a podcast about people helping people. I'm Josh Morgan. Elizabeth Bueller is the Homeless Services Coordinator in Salt Lake City, Utah. She's part of a coalition that's looking to end all homelessness among veterans in the city within the next several months. Salt Lake City's compassion towards those experiencing homelessness has been featured more and more often in the news media over the past few years. And the city inspired the Obama administration to take the campaign nationwide. In June of 2014, First Lady Michelle Obama issued a similar challenge to America's mayors on behalf of veterans experiencing chronic homelessness. And the campaign has made real progress in helping thousands of people who need it. So far, the cities of Phoenix and New Orleans have declared an end to chronic homelessness among veterans, and more are on the way. I like to think that Elizabeth was involved somehow in making all of this possible. The fact is that there will always be people who experience basic needs that they can't meet on their own, and every community must choose how or if it will help its members to meet them. I'm happy to report that Elizabeth and the people of Salt Lake City have made that choice compassionately. I feel honored that she made time to talk with me, and I trust that you'll find what she has to say inspiring. Here's Elizabeth Bueller, Homeless Services Coordinator in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Josh. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for moving up this interview. I've forgotten that I had I had to run 12 miles this morning, so I was worried I wouldn't make it back in time. <laughs> Forgot you had to run 12 miles. That's funny. Yeah, I'm training for a half. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So I've never heard of a homeless services coordinator before. Okay. What exactly do you do? I am Salt Lake City's point person on homeless issues. I not only administer our funds for homeless services, mostly federal grants like emergency solution grants, but I also work with service providers to coordinate services in Salt Lake City. And also, if there are neighborhood businesses and residents that have complaints about some of the uh, negative externalities of homelessness, I work with them as well. What about your background led you into this kind of career? I went to the University of Texas at Austin, and I have a master's in community and regional planning. But after I left school, I went into city administration. I was an assistant to the city manager in two Texas communities. So I worked on various special projects, things like that. I came out to Salt Lake about four years ago. And I joined the city's planning department, working on long-term master plans. And I sort of, um, I decided I wanted to get back into special projects. So the the city had, was creating this position, and I was just lucky enough to be uh, tied to it, or matched with it, I guess is a better term. Oh, good. So I read online that your position didn't exist before last December or so. Right. So it looks like you've been there about a year. Right. How's that first year been? You know, uh, the year has been great, really busy. We have accomplished a lot, but there's still a lot to do. Just to give you a little background, in about April of 2014, we started seeing an influx in issues around homeless services, also an an influx in complaints as well as police calls to the neighborhood where the majority of our homeless services are created. And it was really tough to pinpoint what caused that. So the city, besides creating my position, we also started a long-term situational assessment to really look at what was going on in the neighborhood. 
we talked with about 100 individuals through 60 interviews. And I should say this was done by the University of Utah's law school program, Environmental Law Dispute Center. They did a really good job of identifying the really major areas of concerns and also ways that Salt Lake City, what our role could be. In Utah and everywhere, not one organization can work on homeless issues. It's really a combination of a lot of folks. So it's one, how can Salt Lake City improve what we're doing, but also how can we better support the others in their work? So what did you conclude from your assessment? Like, what issues are you looking at? We have a few things going on. One, we have just a mass of people in one neighborhood in Salt Lake City. We're actually in Salt Lake City, in Salt Lake County. So Salt Lake City is part of a larger county. In Salt Lake City, we have about 200,000 folks, but in the county overall, we're about 2 million. So in Salt Lake County, throughout the country, that's how individuals experiencing homelessness are counted. It's at a county level, not at a city level. We have 90% of the state's homeless population in Salt Lake County. And the majority of that county population is within a four block area of Salt Lake City, just west of downtown. What is that neighborhood? Uh, What is the name? So the name is Pioneer Park neighborhood. You might hear of it as Depot District and Gateway. But Pioneer Park, it's actually named for the first Mormon settlers of Salt Lake City, the pioneers, who they that was actually their first encampment when they arrived in the valley 150 years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's very historic, but that's also where our two major rail terminals were for eons. And what happened was that homeless services in the 80s developed around that neighborhood when it was mostly industrial warehouses. And so our our main service provider, The Road Home, they provide our largest shelter. They're also one of our largest housing agencies for homeless individuals. They've been there since the 80s, as have Catholic Community Services, which provides dining services and also a day center. Our medical services are there as our uh, separate rescue mission. So that's really the hub of all homeless services, not just in Salt Lake City, but also the state of Utah. It's a very concentrated area. I see. So I found out about you from your work trying to provide houses for homeless veterans. Yes. How's that going? That went really well. So in fall of 2013, yes, I apologize because it's 2015. Uh, (laughs) That's okay. My years are a little off. But in fall of 2013, (laughs) Salt Lake City with the city of Phoenix partnered with, it's called A Race to Zero. It was sponsored by the National League of Cities. And really what it was is, both Salt Lake City and the Phoenix areas participated in this great national campaign called 100,000 Homes. And 100,000 Homes was really about creating 100,000 new housing units for individuals and families experiencing homelessness. So Salt Lake City and Phoenix service providers were already participating in this. And we had veterans was something that had been identified because there's a lot of great funding to house veterans. They're called BASH vouchers, which stands for Veteran Affairs Support Housing, sort of like Section 8, but for veterans. It's, it's a great program. It's wonderful that it's out there. Both Salt Lake and Phoenix did a great job of identifying people eligible for these vouchers. And we, I think it was in about August of 2013, we realized that each city had about 100 veterans left that could be housed with these uh, vouchers. So what we did is we created just this little, it, it's a fake competition. There, there was nothing on the line for it, but it was really to draw attention to this issue and also to this great program. So in Salt Lake City, with Salt Lake City, the Salt Lake City Housing Authority, the Road Home played a huge part. Veterans Affair and Volunteers of America, Utah, they're our major outreach group here in Salt Lake. 
we banded together and we got, we placed these hundred veterans. Not only we already had them connected with the vouchers, but we got them into housing. And it was just a great thing. Now these are, I should say, these are chronic veterans. We're currently working on housing veterans who are not experiencing chronic homelessness. That's actually a program that's going on right now. It's called Zero HV 2015. And we hope to have by the September 30, we hope that there's no veteran in Salt Lake that experiences homelessness. That's so cool. But from what we did, Race to Zero, it's actually started a mayor's challenge. Uh, the White House picked it up with HUD. And now that uh, there are cities all across the nation that are sort of challenging other cities their size that have the same veteran homeless population to see who can house the their veterans the fastest. So it's a great thing. And we're really happy to be a part of it. I've heard you mention a couple of organizations already that you work with. What exactly do you do to partner with them? In homeless services, a lot of the funding does come from federal money that comes through the state of Utah, Salt Lake County and Salt Lake City. So there's that aspect that we can distribute funds to different organizations. But frankly, it's also about meeting with the service providers and working on their needs as well. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes service providers are sort of held off as the bad guys. Why are they providing services to these people in my neighborhood? And oh, we don't agree with what you're doing. In Salt Lake City, we try to, um, we don't want to criminalize homelessness. And we work, we try to work really closely with our service providers. We meet weekly with service providers just on issues that they experience in the neighborhood. But we also, I think, we just step up and we show that we're actually committed to this. Uh, one of our new initiatives we're doing Salt Lake City is committed to build 300 new housing units for homeless individuals and families. And really, that's the only way you can end homelessness is to find people home. So I think that just shows our commitment to folks that we're in it for the long haul and we care about this issue. So I imagine that providing housing is just the first step in a long process to help these people integrate into society a little better. Yeah. What else is the city doing to help these individuals? We have this six-point homeless services strategy that we unveiled in August. So going back to the assessment, we sort of looked at the major issues in homeless services and the surrounding neighborhood. Then we had a two-day retreat with the major service providers and funders and talk about, you know, how can we implement this, this assessment? What, you know, that was very broad. And let's get into the nitty gritty about how we can positively affect the situation. We also did a design workshop with Social Agency Lab in June with the clients of these services. So individuals experiencing homelessness, they had a two-day design workshop on what they would like to see in homeless services. And all this came together in a six-point strategy. And what really it's, what can we do in the next 18 months to greatly improve homeless services in Salt Lake? It ranges everything from housing to current services to public safety. So The first strategy, it's what we call House 20. And what it is, it's really based exactly on the race to zero. We've identified the 20 most vulnerable individuals on the streets in Salt Lake. And what we're trying to do is get them into existing apartments as soon as possible and then work with case management to help them so they don't go back into homelessness. The other thing is that 300 units I mentioned. We haven't had a really new large project open in about five years. And so 300 new units would be huge to help our situation. The next is, as I mentioned, our homeless services, a lot of them have been in that neighborhood and in their existing buildings for about 30 years. Those buildings are aging. 
So what can we do to help those providers in both day services and overnight services best serve their clients? Unfortunately, Salt Lake City, our zoning ordinances, the rules we have in the books, it really hurt. It hampers them from expanding their buildings or improving their buildings. So we want to go back and really look at that and see how we can help them provide the best services possible. Public safety is huge. There is a criminal element, obviously, that's attracted to the neighborhood. So we have our police department has 81 officers in the neighborhood. We have this program called HOST. It's called Homeless Outreach Street Team. In some cities, it's called HOT, which is Homeless Outreach Team. But what it is, is we have police officers dedicated to working with the social service agencies and sort of identify clients. So if they run into someone, instead of automatically arresting them, They work with that person. They try to find out if they need services, what those services are, get them to those services, but also to separate those people. We have a lot of people who come into Salt Lake City, into that neighborhood to buy drugs and to sell drugs to get them out of that neighborhood because that's not helping the people who are seeking services. And also, frankly, the, the neighborhood where these services are located, it also is home to our downtown farmers market, which has been going on for over 20 years now, and also something called Twilight Concert Series, where we bring in a lot of big acts throughout the summer. Really try to bring a positive influence into the neighborhood. We have a lot of great things coming in, but making sure when these events come in that it's open to all residents, and that includes people who are staying at the shelter and using those other services, because we are all, are all members of one community. Such a good approach. Yeah, it's a lot of things to do in 18 months. So we're pretty busy right now, but we actually think we can get it done, which is very exciting. What do you think is unique about the problems of homelessness in Salt Lake City? Unfortunately, I don't think it's unique to Salt Lake. I think it's things that happen to every every place in the U.S., in Canada, and I'm sure elsewhere. We have individuals who... For whatever reason, they they dropped into homelessness. And for families, that's different from individuals because not every person experiencing homelessness has the same story. But in Salt Lake City and our larger services community, we believe in housing first. So our first priority is to help people get into housing. Because once you get into housing, you take away your top worry every day. Because if you don't have a house, every morning when you wake up, you have to think about where are you going to sleep that night? You you get that, you get people a place to live, then They have an easier road getting into counseling and getting into jobs and all those other things that you can concentrate on, which is great. And that's really what we want to do. Do you have any success stories about the work you've done and how it's helped people that have been homeless? Our race to zero, obviously housing 92 veterans in 45 days was just amazing. And we hope to, we have 200 uh, veterans who experience homelessness at some point, which we think we'll accomplish. But, you know, it's the individual stories of people we have. And I I have to give credit to our police department. They've started a job a day program where through this host program, they're connecting people into jobs and they just had their first successful placement into this. It's a brand new program. And that's exactly what you want to see. I just love seeing when folks are able to connect. What's great is we in Salt Lake, we have a lot of people who want to help. We have a lot of people stepping up. And I think that's a great thing that what the city's done in this past year is we sort of changed the focus on homeless. No, just get homeless services out of this neighborhood or out of Salt Lake City. But it's really about, no, these are members of our community and what can we do to help them, which is great because we have businesses, developers stepping up and trying to see how can they participate in homeless services, which is just really great to see. What is it about the culture of Salt Lake City, do you think, that allows this approach to be so popular? 
You know, we do have a really giving culture. Obviously, being the home of the LDS Church helps. And really, the LDS Church is a great partner in homeless services. They, in every new um, homeless housing, they actually give furniture and they'll install that furniture into that person's home, oh, which wow. is amazing. Mm-hmm. They also work very closely with the Utah Food Bank and other food pantries to get them food to hand out to folks who, who need it. But we also have other great, or I think it's that just that whole culture of giving. Uh, Catholic Community Services is also a major player in this. They run St. Vincent de Paul's Dining Hall, which is the major lunch and dinner services in Salt Lake. They also run the Weekend Day Center, which is the day services center for homeless individuals. So I think it's just part of that culture because it could be because we are fairly religious that people want to come and help people and they think about their fellow man. It, it is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. What are some things that you admire in other cities and their approaches to homelessness that you can comment on? In cities, we're always looking at each other. I've talked with a lot of other cities about how we accomplished our race to zero. On the other hand, I look to a lot of cities. We've looked at Denver and how they provide day services. We look at Santa Monica with how they provide just overall a how how much they engage individuals experiencing homelessness. We have met with folks from Calgary about what they're doing. San Diego, about a month ago, our host officers were in Wichita, Kansas, talking to them about their host programs. We go all over the place. Columbus, Ohio, they do something really cool called Collective Impact. And what that is, is they all come together and work for homeless services to have a common vision. And everyone worked towards that. And in fact, in Salt Lake, and I, Salt Lake County has done a great job taking the lead in this. We're moving into that as well. Just last month, I was in Austin with several Salt Lake City representatives, and we were meeting with Austin folks about what they provide in homeless service. So it's really, you scour the country for what works and you try to copy it to the best of your abilities. Now, I do have one question because I've been reading about this issue over the last few months. Okay. And this is something I've seen pop up online with people discussing different policies. And one policy I've noticed is that some cities, which I think yours does too, they require permits to distribute food to those that are experiencing homelessness. I know on the NPR story, we were listed as one of those cities. That's actually that it was slightly inaccurate. Oh, okay. In Salt Lake City, just to give you a background, we do ask that if you're in a public park for any event, you get a permit. Frankly, that's because we have programming at our public park and sometimes we have multiple groups there. But our county health department, so that's Salt Lake County, not Salt Lake City, but they do not require permits if it's homeless outreach. What they do ask is you do let them know they don't require food handlers permits or anything like that. It's more just a notification. And we, we're not one of those cities that actually has set locations where people can hand out food. It is fairly open. Uh, but can I, I say that and we haven't gone to set locations. I do understand the arguments for set locations because we have had problems in the past where people, they are trying to be good and it's it's wonderful. They're trying to help. But sometimes you are passing on germs, unfortunately, if you don't handle food properly. And that does get people sick. And frankly, once someone gets sick, in a, if they're staying in a shelter, that spreads like wildfire. Oh, right. On that same note, So in Salt Lake City, we do not ban panhandling. Panhandling is allowed. 
but we do try to encourage people instead to use our host program. So what we do with our host program is we actually have red parking meters throughout downtown. And we ask people to put donations into these red parking meters instead of giving money to a panhandler. In Salt Lake, we have found that the majority of our panhandlers are not actually homeless. And also the money that goes into these red meters, 100% goes to our service providers, specifically our outreach groups and our shelter services, our day services. So our policy is give a hand up and not a handout. Our service providers are so connected to each other that if someone visits the shelter, well, they're being connected to housing services, to case management, all that. We don't want you to help someone get a fix or whatever they may do with it. We really do want to get people off the street. So we really encourage people not to give to panhandlers and to work with our service providers who actually can help people long term. What's something that you've noticed about the problems of homelessness that you feel Salt Lake City has fallen short on? And what makes that issue so difficult? One thing I can say, and it's something we're working on right now, is our aging facilities. As I mentioned, that they most of them average about 30 years old. And it's just not how you provide day-to-day services right now. So we've created a services evaluation commission, and this is led by former mayor and a major business and property owner to really look at what are the services that Salt Lake City should provide in day-to-day services and what's the best way to provide those services. Right now, we have smaller facilities and we have aging facilities. Everyone has a place to sleep at night. The road home especially does a good job making sure everyone has a place to sleep. But unfortunately, sometimes people have to sleep in the hallways on a busy night. And we don't want that to happen to people experiencing homelessness. But that's something that we can improve on, but that we're addressing. So hopefully in a year, we'll, we'll know what we're going to do on that. Because that is, that, that is a big issue, and it's a very comprehensive. And you can't just make a decision in six weeks on that. That's something you really have to study. So it sounds like it can be a tough job. But I'm wondering if there are any gratifying experiences you've had that you'd like to think about. What would you say has been a gratifying moment that you could point to? I would say one of the best things is, this is probably going to sound silly, but in spring, we created a new program called uh, SET, which is Street Engagement Teams. And we have a lot of great outreach teams, but this was for outreaching to people, especially in the neighborhood with most of our services. And this was uh, Mayor Becker made the request to our um, Council of Governments which funded this. And it has just been great because since SET has started going, they've gotten, I believe, over 100 individuals into services. And that's just, that's what you want to see because at the end of the day, we want to get people into services and off the streets. We're a housing first city. And that is our number one goal is to reduce the number of people experiencing homelessness. And I It's just stuff like this and working with these organizations on this race to zero and this new um, zero HB in 2015. That's that's the great step because, you know, that has the permanent and lasting impact on people's lives. What's a common misconception about people that are homeless that you'd like to correct? You know, I think a lot of people consider when they think of someone experiencing homelessness, they have a picture of a, a single type of person in their mind. And that is not true. Individuals experiencing homelessness, they range from possibly transgender teens who are need to leave their home environment. You have families who've suffered a catastrophic event and for some reason lost their home. You have veterans suffering PTSD and you just, it's a wide array of people. And 
I think people really need to realize that anyone in our community at some time may experience homelessness. And the most important thing is that these are members of our community. They're not a separate community. Oftentimes, these are local individuals, you know, and let's help them because that's why we're all here. We need to help each other out. So don't turn your way. You can give people a smile. You don't have to be afraid of individuals experiencing homelessness. Remember, they are individuals in your community and they need your help. That was well put. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I actually, I, I think about this issue a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. What is something that listeners could do to help the problems of homelessness in their areas? I think there are two really good things. One, there are great homeless service organizations throughout the country, and they are constantly looking for volunteers, for donated items, and honestly funding. And just to find your local provider and just volunteer, do something to help them out because they are really doing great work. And the second, it's more big term, but to support funding of homeless services, uh, federal funding is a key part of that funding. And unfortunately, when federal funding decreases, it's hard for private funding to and local and state funding to really pick up that slack. And there are a lot of individuals out there still experiencing homelessness. And this isn't an easy solution and it's not a cheap solution. And it's really these type of housing projects. In the end, it ends up being cheaper than helping people on the street. So to support homeless uh, services funding, I would say. Now, what about, I mean, you know, there are moral issues around homelessness. Yeah. Our society tends to be subjective towards those that are homeless. Mm-hmm. What are some compassionate ways that people can maybe take a different view of people that are homeless? So we have, so in our host program, our host program is also sort of our public campaign on how you can help individuals experiencing homelessness. And we have 10 ways that a person can help. One is just to look at a person and give them a smile. Don't subject them to lesser thoughts. Also, one, as I mentioned, is working with uh, service providers with money, time, and donations. Don't give to panhandlers. Again, it In most U.S. cities, service providers are doing a great job and support those service providers because they can provide long-term help. You know what? At the end of the day, the biggest thing is to remember individuals experiencing homelessness are members of your community. So really, just give them a smile and recognize that they are members of your community. Do you have a list of those 10 points somewhere? Yes, it's actually on our website, slchost.org. And I was going to ask, is that the best way to follow what Salt Lake City is doing with its homeless programs? It is. Uh, another great way is to visit slcgov.com. And that's the city's main website. And we post uh, the latest happenings on homeless services there as well. Okay. And I have one last broad question. Yes. Do you feel like homelessness is a problem that can be solved? You know, I think there will be individuals always experiencing homelessness, unfortunately, but I think that we can really shorten the time someone experiences homelessness and make it as least disruptive as possible. And I think that's what our goal is. In Salt Lake City, our average of someone experiencing homelessness is 45 days. We have a goal of dropping that to 15 days, which would be wonderful if we can do it. And I think we can. So we, what we need to do is just make sure that we have a system in place. When someone does drop into homelessness, we get them out of it as quickly as possible. Is there anything else you'd like to add? 
No, I just, I appreciate the time. Thank you for allowing me to participate today. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you. Okay, well, that's all I have. All right. Well, thank you very much. This has been The Plural of You, and I'm Josh Morgan. The show's website is pluralofyou.org. That's all I have for now. Thank you for being kind today. Take care.